0: Okay. So, having these long interruptions really does a lot for the flow of uh, the learning, right? So, what is the last thing that you remember that we studied in Tanya? Or you expect me to do all the work? Something, something, there was a word, unlimited. Right. So we spoke about how, right, we spoke about how um, the Hashem's will is one with him, right? And that even though Hashem is unlimited, infinite, whatever the words you like to use, ain't sof, that does not create a barrier to us being connected to him. On the contrary, right? That the fact that he is infinite, right? that greatness allows him to humble himself, to bring himself to, into a form that we can connect to. And that form would be the thing that we know as Torah and mitzvahs, right? The doing of mitzvahs, the study of Torah, Right, the actual letters of the written Torah, etc cetera, et cetera, That all of that is Hashem humbling himself, but that humility is actually due to his greatness. Remember that idea? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to learn Would um, it make sense that our last day of class
1: was the fifth of January? Maybe. We first read it to Corinth
0: in January, though.
2: That was when we
0: that would make some sense.
1: January, uh, No,
0: January. We did have some. Yeah. Okay, so we are on, in my book, it's page 15, on the right hand column at the top A Okay. Top of the page, therefore.
1: In ours, it's page 16, with the very Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't even therefore have the same.
1: The therefore has the
0: Yes, therefore has the Torah bin. It's the bottom?
1: 16
0: yeah. bottom. Yeah. It's the right. See what happens when you use the old print? Yours is the newer, updated model that has all the censored parts put back in. I'm getting sure rid of Therefore has the Torah been compared to water. For just as water descends from a higher to a lower level, so has the Torah descended from its place of glory, which is his blessed will and wisdom. For He, the Torah and the Holy One, blessed be he, are one and the same, and just as no thought can grasp him at all, or, and no thought can grasp him. Thence, that's a word, the Torah has progressively descended through the hidden stages, stage after stage, with the ascent of the world until it clothed itself in corporeal substances and things of this world comprising all of the commandments of the Torah, their laws, and the combinations of m- material letters written with ink in a book, named the 24 books of the volumes of the Torah, the prophets, and Hagiographel. You never say that word properly. And all this, in order that every thought should be able to apprehend them, even with the faculties of speech and action, which on a lower level than thought, should be able to comprehend them and be clothed in them. Does that sound like we were saying anything new in that paragraph that we hadn't said before? Now, Do you think the author would write a whole paragraph, grand um, paragraph, in the original? Hard of lines? But nonetheless, would he write a bunch of lines of Tanya if it didn't contribute anything new? No. Okay. So I'm going to give you a few moments, and you're going to, have to do some hard work, and you're going to try and identify: are there any ideas, concepts, or anything in this paragraph that was not in the previous paragraph? Yeah. So you're going to have to read the paragraph and read the paragraph. I want to give everyone a few minutes. Read the old paragraph, read the new paragraph, and see is there any new ideas? Even if you don't understand what they mean, but you see him make reference to anything that he didn't make reference to previously?
1: Give me my old
0: paragraph. Well, the old paragraph started on the previous page, now these garments, and the next paragraph starts therefore has, right? So what is in the therefore has paragraph that was not in the now these garments paragraph? Yes, reading comprehension. It's a skill you're required to have in the modern world. Okay, I know, it's Look, it could be worse. I can make you do it in the original Hebrew if you want.
2: No, 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 we don't have to do it. Thank you,
0: When I was asked about this class, I, I told Mrs. Gestetner that it's a text-based class with the caveat that I'm not working in Hebrew. You do have to do textual skills. water good 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 also descending. right this idea of descending This idea of descending and hidden stages right that's an idea so that wasn't there before
2: mentioned um, speech action they were mentioned as three things and here it's saying that um thought is lower than
0: speech right right in other words there's no we we haven't seen this idea of a hierarchy between the garments right right so that's already three new ideas there right yep. can you find any others
2: That um, when it was talking about going through the hidden stages, stages it, it mentions almost all of the commandments, but doesn't say all. Which before it seemed more like it saying all of them. Right. <laughs> um, right,
0: right. The 24
1: volumes of the Torah, prophets and pages, the letters of the
2: Torah, the
0: Right. I mean, that, 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 that I want to differentiate between ideas and, and there's nuances in wording. There are definitely changes in the wording, right? And as we could learn the Tanya in a very um, rigorous way, where every slight change in wording signifies something important, and it does. Here it mentions the 24, the, the 24 books of the Tanakh, and previously just mentioned the Tanakh more generally. That's true, right? Um, previously, it mentioned the midrashim. Here, it doesn't mention the, like, there are differences, but the idea seems to be the same idea. So, I'm not going to count that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I so far I've heard four ideas, right? The comparison of the Torah to water is a new idea, right? The idea of this descending of the Torah was not really discussed, right? The idea of descending through hidden stages, what does that mean? Um, the idea that some of the Torah is clothed in corporeal things, right? That's the, that that the, the difference between some and all is a is a fundamental distinction, right? And also the idea that we in the fourth was that we have this hierarchy of that thought is superior to action and speech. Right? Yeah.
1: In the paragraph before, it says how the nishama Roth and Nefesh are should be able to comprehend these with Hashem, but in the next paragraph he says how Hashem cannot be
0: apprehended at all. yeah but that he said also right in other words the idea is that that when we talk about Hashem as he is outside of the Torah, beyond the Torah, or whatever that might be then he's not comprehendable but in as much as he's in the Torah, he is comprehendable that that was that, that that's in general the same theme we see in both paragraphs like that we couldn't connect to Hashem without the Torah, we can connect to Hashem with the Torah. Okay. So, I think, we'll, think that's four is good enough. Let's take those one at a time. We'll see how far we get. So, the first one is the comparison of the Torah to water. Now, what, what is the characteristic of water that we're saying the Torah is compared to? I mean, water purifies, right? Is that the reason why we're comparing the Torah to water? water the Torah also purifies? No. 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 So, what is it?
2: I'm descending. I'm
0: descending water descends, right? This idea of the water descends is a way of helping us understand how the Torah descends. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question. and I want you to think about it. Given that the Alter Rebbe in Tanya is quite terse, right? You notice that he, he 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 packs a lot into one phrase. Is the purpose of an analogy? Or What is the purpose of an analogy? When the author of Bintanya brings an analogy, what is the purpose of that analogy? To
2: help us understand
0: something. To help us understand something, right? It's not for the rhetorical effect, right? Sometimes we use analogies, right, to make something more appealing, more emotionally charged, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's a lot of what happens at Fabrenians. Right? Someone tells stories and really tries to flesh things out for the purpose of giving it a more, um, a more uh, tangible sense Right, that it's more visceral, it's, it's more powerful emotionally. Right, but clearly the al ri- has not written the Tanya in that way, right? It is not by any means an emotionally engaging book. Water isn't an analogy
1: compared
0: to the Torah Fine, but that's an analogy. Right. That, that's what an analogy is. Right? And so if the purpose of the analogy is to help us understand, right, then we have to ask ourselves, what would we not have understood about the t- Torah that the analogy of water helps us understand, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is it about the descent of water that I would not think is true of Torah, and then by comparing it to water, it's informing that it is true? Well, so now we've got to know a little bit about water. So what are some of the characteristics of water's descent? It
2: comes from a higher to low.
0: That's true, it does come from a higher to low. Are
2: you talking about right?
0: No, I'm just talking about like you've got some water. And it, if you put the water in a high place, okay. right? I will not do this right now because I make a mess. But if I pour my, put my cup upside down, strangely, my coffee, which is mostly water, will no longer stay up in the air. It will go down to the floor, right? Okay. Well, he says it's how it descends from a high place to a lower place. How does the water descend from a high place to a lower place? Gravity. Gravity. <laughs> well... We have to ask ourselves: When the Alter Rebbe was thinking about water, when our sages were thinking about water, were they thinking of it in terms of gravity? Mm-hmm. Right. An analogy is only useful, right, to the degree that you know how the person would meant it. Right. For instance, I'll give you an example. Okay. Most you probably have heard um, people say things like, "Oh, it's on our spiritual DNA" or something like that. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, have you ever heard a microbiologist use that analogy? In this, like I mean, I don't know how many from microbiologists who like know Hasidus you've met, but have you ever encountered one that's like really knows microbiology very well and they use the analogy of DNA to describe our inner godly essence?
2: Yeah.
0: No. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that? Pro- I'm not saying it can't happen. It might could happen, but it's probably not as likely to happen. Why? What? Well, what's DNA? Tell me something about DNA. Anyone know what DNA is? No, it doesn't. Genes.
1: What? Okay, they really know. They they really
0: know. know. Okay, so I'll tell you what DNA is. Okay, with DNA by analogy. I'm going to give you an analogy for DNA, okay? DNA is a recipe book. It's a recipe book. If you have a recipe book, does that mean you that does that mean you have cookies? No, food, cookies? no. what do you need to do? You
2: have
0: to, you have to have someone who is able to read the recipe book. Right? Then you have to have somebody who who's actually not just can read the recipe book, but also can manipulate the ingredients, which by the way means you also need some ingredients, ingredients right? Now, is it true that if you have all if you have a fully stocked pantry, right? with all of the cooking equipment and a very and a person who you know has the ability to manipulate their hands and read recipe books you have you can make anything you want yeah. but without the recipe you end up making nothing because you just don't know what to mix first what to mix second and what temperature to cook it at
2: mm-hmm.
0: right does providing the recipe book change everything sure it does right mm-hmm. but the me- but the actual making of the thing is because you have a cook who can read the recipe book right and mix the ingredients and has all the ingredients and utensils available right okay Good. So, what is the DNA? The DNA is like the the recipe. the recipe book. That's all it is. It's a recipe book, and it functions like a recipe book.
2: Mm-hmm. What
0: happens if you have a um, What happens if you have a mis a typo in your recipe book, and instead of saying three teaspoons, it says three tablespoons?
2: Well, it's
0: not going to come out. out so well, right? No. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's 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 an analogy to get at more how DNA actually works. Now, um, I don't know. You've probably been around enough Jewish mystical stuff and Chassidus long enough to realize that when we talk about the essence of our soul, we don't conceive of it as a recipe book. It's not how we think about it, right? Right. We think it's like this deep power within ourselves or something, right? Mm-hmm. Recipe books are actually quite passive, right? If you just leave a recipe book there with no cook and no ingredients, nothing happens, right? So it's like saying that the essence of your soul is like your spiritual dna like really a really good metaphor no no. but since most people don't actually think of dna in terms of its actual microbiological context right they just think of it as the deepest truest part of yourself on a physical level then it's like in that sense it's kind of like a good analogy right so you have to really know what the person means right so if just the layperson says oh the essence of your soul is like your spiritual dna they're not wrong they may be using they're, they're wrong in their understanding of DNA but they're not wrong in what they're trying to get at right does
2: makes make sense yeah.
0: okay so if we want to understand what the Alter Eber is trying to teach us by comparing the Torah to the descent of water from a high place to a low place we actually need to ask ourselves how did the Alter Eba understand water going from a high place to a low place right mm-hmm. it's not helpful for I know what I think it means right now and you know what he thinks it means so why does water descend from a high place to a low place? Because I'm going to teach you natural, science, natural philosophy according to the Ever. okay? When God created the universe, he did something very weird, which is not intuitive to most of us. He gave everything a place, okay? Okay. In the center is the place of the earth, Okay. Around the earth is the place of the water. Around the water is the place of the air. And around the air is the place of the fire. Okay, now, so far so good? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have fire, air, water.
1: So the air is between the water and the
2: fire?
0: That's right. Okay, now what this means is everything has a place. Okay? Everything has a place. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Okay, so now, which direction does water naturally move? The answer is water doesn't naturally move in any direction because water is just there. Right? Okay. But what happens, right? Which, right? they're all just there. However, if you have, say, a little bit of water over here. My diagram is not good, I apologize. You have to, trust me, that represents some water. If there's some water over here, where is it going to go? Down.
2: Yeah.
0: It's going to return to its right natural place. Conversely, if we have some fire over here, That represents a fire, where's that gonna go? Uh, That's gonna be important by the way later on in time where he's gonna use the analogy of fire, okay? So why does water go down is for the same reason that fire goes up, which is what? Everything's nature is to return to its original place. Everything has a designated place and it it has a a tendency to be in that place. So if it's in the place, it doesn't move. If it's not in that place, it will Move. move back to that place. Good? Yes. Yeah.
2: Where does this come from?
0: Where does this come from? Like the, this, like, right. this particular diagram? I
2: mean like. I'm not sure what you're asking. The earth, the water, the air,
0: the fire, like in those orders. Then you came from God. I
2: mean like. But, like
0: Where did the altimeter oh, start with mean, this from? Yeah. Okay, so this is, a, this is a very ancient idea, which according to Jewish tradition is actually also the way God actually did things. So the Ramban in his commentary on um, Horatius, he says it's quite outright. Many Torah commentators say you'll also find it in um, a, 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 the, the similar idea in certain, but not all Greek thinkers. The most famous one happens to be Aristotle, and so this actually because the Aristotle became quite popular um, until the advent of. Actually, if you want to know the interesting history of this, is um, there that there was a a Jew named the Rambam. You might have heard of the Rambam. And um, there was another Jew who really didn't like the Rambam's take on Judaism named Rabbi Chazdai. And so Rabbi Chazdai decided to attack the Rambam. And in attacking the Rambam, decided to attack everything in the Rambam's worldview, which includes even like a fundamental understanding of the physical universe. And so Rabbi Chazdai had some really radical notions, like the idea of empty space and stuff like that. His ideas ended up filtering into the world. we know a lot modern science comes from, but we're not going to worry about from
1: that. If
0: you go If you go through the Jedi, really? it, it seems like some of the more modern thinkers were familiar with him because his criticisms on some of these ideas. I don't want to get into it right now. Okay, but the Al-Tarebah I mean, clearly describes this idea. It's, brought in, it's in the Zohar, it's in a lot of places. Okay, right. Um, by the way, just to flesh this out. By the way, so does fire naturally move? And the answer is no. It just has a natural place. Right? Think of it as a, don't think of it as a natural place, which is the which is then viewed as its source. Because if it's not in its place, it tries to revert back to its source. Right? Yeah. Why am I telling you that it's source as opposed? To, why am I telling you place as opposed to source? Because it's not really where it, it, because, because, because a lot of us tend to think of source as very like, mystical, whatever. Just think of it like the thing naturally belongs. Or like, like when you're done, whatever you need to do, you go back where?
2: To your Where you come your from. Right, where you come
0: from. That's the idea. OK, good. Um, by the way, then you have something called the moon. And the moon actually doesn't naturally move.
1: It what, doesn't?
0: It does. Uh, the only
1: thing that
0: It moves. It moves this way. Think you've got the sun and the planets, and they actually all move. They actually nat- they naturally move, and the difference between naturally moving versus not naturally moving is and the Earth,
1: that whole situation. Yeah.
0: So the the sun, the, or moon, they naturally move, and they just they keep moving around in circles. But then isn't there
1: something between like fire and the sun?
0: Moon, moon, you No, know,
1: I'm sun. saying like isn't like, sun fire or something?
0: No, 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 no. okay. Right,
1: the world spins in its place.
0: Not according to the author, either. Oh,
1: okay. No. It's in the same place.
0: Yeah, okay. So, the thing is like this. You've got like two categories of things, okay? You've got things that naturally move. Things that naturally move, move forever, so they move in circles, because if you move in a straight line, like you have to stop moving. And things that don't naturally move, they just belong somewhere. And so when they're not where they belong, they go back to where they belong, unless something stops them. Mm-hmm. Good? You have a third category, which is like people and animals, where we move based on volition. That's a third category, of things. so. Things that naturally move, right? Sun, moon, stars. Things that don't naturally move, they just belong somewhere. Water, fire, whatever. And so they'll only move back to their place if taken out of their place. And then there are things that move based on volition because they're trying to go somewhere and get away from okay. something.
1: The four elements of the world come
0: from this? This is what the four elements are. So I understand. Yeah. That's why they like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, OK, so now. Oh, wait, so of it's left, student, but then on earth, water down. It up. That's right. That's right. In other words, what is the place of the water? As close as possible to? to what is the place? Notice, let us think. What is the place of the water? It is as close to, earth. to the earth as is possible. Right. That's right. But and, so
1: why are we bringing that as descending? Since our reality technically, our should be going up.
0: What? Water. Why is the water going up? Because down? if
1: water is down on Earth, the water is around here. It is. Meaning you placed the water in the air, so it was going down. Yeah. But if you p- place now water inside the Earth circle, where is it going?
0: It's not going anywhere. It's just right there. It's, I'm not if sure. You I'm, it not not the
1: the Earth, I'm not sure either, so If you put it in the Earth circle, this is the Earth. Yeah. The water, water is here. Oh, Water's okay, found right, around right. the earth. What? Okay. Now,
0: there's, if you have some water that's not there, the water tries to get back to its spot, which is
1: right. So that's my So in air, it has to get, if it's a bit out of it, it has to get back to its spot, it's going down. Right. But if it's found a bit out of the spot in the Earth circle, it's going
0: up. Correct. Yeah. So
1: then, why we're we bringing? Then, I mean, why we're we seeing it going down? I guess. Do that. Because, <laughs> because, okay.
0: So this is what we have to understand: is that the term "down" means. Towards uh, the Earth.
2: It, it, it's implying that it's returning. No, no, no,
0: no, no. In other words, the notion of down and up has to be understood like this. Yeah. Okay. The notion of down is that you have a point. Okay. Okay. What occupies that point is the element of Earth. Earth right. Now, the Earth actually have, has like actual volume, so it can't just like occupy a single point. So it all kind of comes together. Okay, now where does water belong? Around. As close to that point as it can. So, water, right? Water will be as close to this point as possible. Right. Okay, now say fire, where will fire be? As far away from this point as possible, right? So, if I have some fire over here, and some water over here, and some water over here, and some fire over here, what's going to happen is that this water is going this way, this water is going this way, this fire is going that way, and that fire is going that way.
1: But if the water is found within
0: the earth, then the water, then what will happen is that the earth will say, "Excuse me, you're in my place," and move under the water, and the water will then be pushed upwards. Got it. That so it's not that the water is moving up; it's more like the, the earth is. And think about it: okay. like if you drop a rock in, in the water, right? What happens? The water and the water is kind of pushed up because the like, the rock is getting in its way. Right. Good. Yeah. Okay. So that means. Where does the water belong? What? It belongs next to the earth, right? It belongs as close as possible to the earth. OK. Now, so the idea is that if I were to ask the altar, but why does the water go down? And the answer is the water is returning to the place that it belongs, right? So the question is never really why the water goes down. The question is, what's keeping the water up, right? Um, the what, air. What, what? What? Well, I mean, the air doesn't do a very good job, right? Which is why we need cups. Right. Water, where, according to the altar, oh, okay. belongs where? Right,
2: down.
0: And and God created the world in such a way that things return to the place where they belong, right? So is it never a question why water is down or why the water is going down? That's never an interesting question, no. right? right? We just use it, we, and, and the word we use for that is the way of things and there is, right, that is the fundamental way of things and that, therefore that that is not something that is explained. It's just that that's the way it is. We use the word nature. So it is the nature of water to be in this place and it is the nature of water to return to that place. So then the only interesting question is whenever I find water not there is like, why isn't the water there, right? That's always going to be the interesting question. Okay, so what, what I want you to understand is we always have to ask ourselves, what is the thing that needs to be explained? Okay, so now here we have a problem. Okay, and if I draw this on the board, hopefully it'll be a little bit clearer. So we have we have water. That's the analogy, and we're comparing the water to what? The Torah, right? OK. And then we have this notion above and below, right? Good? Yes. OK. Now, what does it mean that the, now we said the Torah and Hashem are one, right? So the Torah as it is above, right? That the Torah and Hashem is one is what? It's it's Ein-Soph, right? Remember what it said the Ein-Soph is, right? OK. Right? So, um, Ain't Sof, the corollary to that is it cannot be grasped. Right? The Torah down here, right? What's the Torah down here? Is it Ain't Sof?
1: No. No, what is it? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm.
0: What? We're going to just go with the general thing as physical, right? Of course, we know that's more broad, right? It's the letters, it's the ideas, the whole thing, right? But physical. And in as the Torah is physical, it can be grasped, right? Good?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now, which one needs to be explained? The Torah being in itself or the Torah being physical? Given that the Torah and Hashem are one, right? Torah equals Hashem. So the Torah being Ein Sof, is that the thing that needs to be explained? Or how the Torah is physical? That's the thing that needs that's to be explained. Right? Right. So this is the thing that needs explanation, right? right? I'll use a different color marker. Right? The green thing. That's the thing we need to explain, right? Now let's go to water. What is it, why is it, when water is below, what does that mean? The water is where it? To me. Right. It's where it belongs. And when water is above, it does not belong, right?
1: But the you can't grasp
0: water. Wait, wait, just wait. Now, so if I find water adjacent to the Earth, I'm like, oh, that's where it's supposed to be. If I find water just somewhere up there, right, I'm like, well, the water doesn't belong there. The water, so to speak, knows it doesn't belong there, which is why the water is exerting a force to return to where it belongs, right? And then I have to ask myself, well, what's keeping it up there, right? So which is the thing that needs to be explained? The water why it's above or the water why it's below?
2: It's below.
0: Why it's below.
2: No, what? where it belongs. Sorry.
0: What? What do I needs to be explained? That the water is where it belongs, the water is not where it belongs? Not where it belongs. I would
2: think that you would be explaining where it doesn't belong.
0: Right, so you would be explaining why it's above. Yeah. Right. For instance, why is my coffee not on the floor? Because of a cup, right? Mm. Good? Yeah. So, Is the descent of water analogous to the descent of Torah? Not at all. Because the descent of water, right, is water being, so to speak, authentic and true to itself, right? Mm -hmm. When water is not descending, that's the thing that needs to be explained, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas in Torah, we're thinking if the Torah is one with Hashem and Torah is Hashem, the Torah being Ain't so, that's the normal. How the Torah becomes physical, that's the weird thing that needs to be explained, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? So let me give you an analogy, right? If I am. -Being interviewed by the police about something right the information that is coming out of my mind and into their mind is more like water or more like the tub? In other words, do people just randomly just go up to people to the police and just start spilling no. private secrets of their life? No. Or do they have to be cajoled into doing that?
2: You can do it.
0: So is it more like that it's naturally up there in their minds, and then something has to kind of course it down into the mind of the listener, the mind of the police? Is Do you understand why I'm drawing that parallel?
2: Because mm-hmm. okay. technically that doesn't belong.
0: Right, and on the other hand, right, are there things that like, if you're keeping them to yourself, it takes a lot of effort? What would be an example of, right? Like, if you accomplish something amazing, right, and you keep it yourself and don't let your friends know, there's probably some act of will involved because you're naturally inclined to do what?
2: Tell them. Tell them, right? So it's more like water, right? Mm-hmm.
0: You see, there's a huge difference between these two notions of descending. Yeah. Okay, right? Oh, wait. so we're saying the Torah doesn't want
1: to descend?
0: No. comes along the altar and says that the Torah is actually What? Water. like water in which case where's the where is the where is the Torah supposed to be where does the Torah belong
2: physical?
0: in yeah. the that physical world and so if the Torah isn't physical you've got to figure out why and
1: Where the ancient like why why is it physical
0: crazy. that is crazy that's a oh, radical yeah. idea what the altar is <laughs> saying is is yeah. is saying is where does the Torah actually belong here here so is it like hashem did this amazing acrobatic feat to I bring, can bring can the Torah down, the down the to us no or the Torah really belongs here all along all along. And the fact that it starts off not that way is weird. Needs to be explained. That's
1: the weirdest thing you could say. I know.
0: Yeah, so. There you go. Right. So the is mean, saying it.
1: it was supposed to be originated here, but it really was.
0: I don't know. We so have to explain this, right? Mm-hmm. Saying the Torah descends. Our natural intuition is the Torah does not descend like water at all, is it? Right. Our natural intuition is that the Torah descends, kind of like a person takes something and throwing it down you're back to me, right? Where that descent is not because it belongs down. I actually forced it down, right? Uh, Let me ask you a question. Before Hashem gave us the Torah, right? So before Hashem gave us the Torah, this idea that Hashem could be accessed through the mitzvahs, through the letters, right? All of that stuff didn't exist, right? The, the way the Medrash puts it is that there was once a king, and the king made a rule is that the people of one area are not allowed to travel to the other area, and vice versa, right? It's so like people from Syria can't go to Rome, people from Rome can't go to Syria. And then what happened? He removed the decree, and then people could roam from travel to Syria, people from Syria could travel to Rome. Okay. Now, w- if if that's the m- analogy that the Medrash is using for the giving of the Torah, what does that sound like? That originally, before the king makes the decree, people are going to travel freely, right? And then the king has to stop it. And then the, then the giving of the Torah is like the rescinding of the decree. So where does the Torah really belong? And then something happens that keeps the Torah up here instead. And then Hashem takes that away in the giving the Torah and then voila, it's back where it's supposed to be. Which is very counterintuitive, right? That's not how we would think about it. When that would explain like what right? that's how water works. Mm-hmm. To understand what's happening with the Torah then. That's a new idea, we haven't encountered this yet. Yes?
1: We said that Torah and Hashem was one. Mm-hmm. So that means God really started out here. Mm-hmm. Except Hashem made the earth. So he started out really poor. Unless he put himself here when he made the earth. I know he's everywhere, but he's so uh, he's focused here.
0: Okay. Ah, very good. In other words, like this. In other words, like this. Hashem, let, 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 let me use Let's use an analogy, a human analogy, because the, the the physical analogy helps us understand the novelty, but it doesn't really. We need something that's a little more nuanced, right? The water is not like it's like the water starts in and you put it up, and then that's not what really what happens, okay? What's the most amazing thing that Hashem did for us? So I ask my my how old she now six year old daughter, and she says that Hashem gave us the Torah. Why did Hashem give us the Torah? Because He loves us. So now, and then we add this that what is the Torah? The Torah is the Torah is Himself, right? Right. Okay. So now, what is more important to Hashem, Himself, or being with us?
1: Being with us. Well,
0: that's his way of being with us. But but, but, I, yeah, but but this is what this is what the author was saying is it is just the way of being with us. But let's go. Let's instead of instead of instead of what's, instead of the way something happens. Let's ask ourselves a different question. What is the thing that, so to speak, is more true, more authentic? Hashem being Ain Sof or Hashem being, with us? Hashem being with us? Hashem being with us. So if Hashem is Ain Sof, and by being Ain Sof that makes him unavailable to us, is that natural, so to speak, no. for Hashem? No. Because the thing that's truly important to Hashem is. To be
1: with us. That means that right now this setup of Gallus is unnatural?
0: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yes. Like. Okay. Oh, right, that's like, like temporary. Right. So, so, right, so. The 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 way that that we are we're conditioned to think that Hashem being transcendent and infinite and blah 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 and all that stuff right that's the more authentic version of Hashem right and then the idea that Hashem comes down into the world and is accessible to us and be grasped by us by being present in the Torah mitzvahs that's him somehow compromising himself but for a good purpose so that we can right it's like he's he's compromising and sacrificing to do us a favor. That, that's more an intuitive way of thinking about it. But what is this analogy of water saying? Is the water comprom- compromising itself by coming down and being on the earth? No. no it's
2: compromised when
0: it's not So what is the thing that, so to speak, truly speaks to Hashem's being?
2: When he's in
0: the When he's with us in the physical world, right? When he's with us. Which means a state of being which reveals his superiority over us and makes him inaccessible to us might be accurate but it doesn't, have, it doesn't have real authenticity it um,
1: doesn't have real authenticity, just that or, it's, authenticity. or it's just not in
0: it's ideal place well if you it still authentic. it's still what what does it mean to be authentic to
2: be, real.
0: Yeah. To be true to oneself if Hashem is in a, if Hashem's revelation is in a state that is ungraspable for us is that being really true to himself mm-hmm. no What?
1: When Hashem is in a state of insight and we can't grasp Him
0: then Then is He being true to Himself?
1: No Is it not true
0: Okay Now, does it, now the, the important thing is, we're, we're not saying that he stops being ain't soap when he's physical, right? Somehow he, 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 he right? that was the thing we learned previously, right? right. That being ain't is not, a pre, it's not doesn't prevent him from being physical, right? 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 The, the, his greatness is itself what allows him to be humble, right? So he's not compromising the ain't soap to becoming physical. So there's really two things here. The
1: aspect of being grasped.
0: Right. In other words, like this. Number one, the, so paragraph one told us like this. That when Hashem goes from being Ain soap to being physical, is anything being lost? No. Because ain't soap doesn't mean big and physical meaning small, right? When you go from big to small, you have to lose something, right? But now, the second paragraph is anything something different. Not only is nothing being lost, but in a certain sense, something is being gained. Because when the ain't soap is not graspable, the ain't soap isn't in the state that it really belongs in. Because the ain't soap's descent is like the descent of water water is below because it belongs below. So when ain't Sof is in an ungraspable state right? It's true that the, What it is to be ain't Sof What it is to be unlimited Is all revealed very nice But there's something inauthentic about it Because it belies It, just, it, 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 it misleads about the true essence of Hashem Okay, so
1: does that mean also I don't know, That when you do a mitzvah You're accomplishing something that
0: is by Hashem Yeah you How? You're allowing Hashem to really himself. That's right. So exactly. Why not?
1: Because But would you do him instead? There's something he gained.
0: Why not? It's so bad about you're saying, saying that. You're gaining the creation you're gaining the connection by the this. No, so that's the point that he's gaining, you Well, he's gaining cuz the thing that matters to him is In other words,
1: he's not intact. What? If you are able to cause him to gain something, then that's a contradiction.
0: No, 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 Because no, 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 no. we have to differentiate with two types of gaining. There's gaining where I'm the kind of thing that is deficient. I'm lacking and I need you to, uh, to compensate for my deficiencies. I can't see, the glasses help, right? I can't provide my own energy, I need food, right? I get bored, I need things to stimulate me, right? Um, but then there are things that, that are the reverse. I gain from it because I care about it. Because, in other words, in other words if, it, if I wouldn't care it couldn't it, it, it could not it could not fulfill the only reason it fulfills is because I care. like if I don't want to eat at the end of the day I'm still going to suffer from not eating whether I care or not. But then there are things that if I don't care they, they have no reality to me they only are fulfilling in as much as I care about them. So if, if at his core at his essence right Hashem's senses that he belongs with us then when his revelation is in a state that doesn't allow us to be with him, he's, so to speak, losing out. And when he's in a state that he we can be with him, then he's, so to speak, gaining, right? But it's not in the way, like... Right, it, in other words, the root of this is will and desire rather than dependency or deficiency. Going back to our discussion about rotsun versus want. So, yeah, so... In other words, it's not that he's so two things. Not only is he not just doing us a favor by making bring the bring the ain't soak down into the physical. Uh, it's more than that. He's so to speak, if you had to use these words, doing himself a favor. <laughs> but that just tells us how much the toe really belongs with us. How much, right? And now think about this by the, way, in the context of relationship, right? If if I if I go out of my way for you. Does that feel validating or not?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it depends. It depends. If I go out of my way for you, but I feel the natural pull back to the whatever else, right? And so, I, I, for instance, let's say like, like, you need help with something, right? And I say, okay, I'll help you. And I have to force myself and push myself and motivate myself to help you because my, I'm naturally inclined to go back to like doing my own independent thing. Right? Yeah. If our relationship is superficial, like, great, you're helping. I'm helping you, right? But if our relationship is any deeper, how, how does what does that feel like? I'm it
1: feels
0: good to help a person. No, being on receiving it.
1: Out, not,
0: like, yeah, it's like, don't do me any favors, right? Like, right? This is a breakdown in deep relationships, deep friendships, marriages. At a certain point, like, like, don't do it just because you're like doing me a favor. Don't go out of yourself on my behalf. Like, if it's genuine if, and you care and you wanna be with me, great, wonderful. But if not, like, I'll go at it alone. I don't need you to like just. So what is it? Hashem's like, oh, these poor, pathetic, limited creatures have no access to the true transcendence of God. I guess I should be nice and do them a favor and give them access to, you know, godliness. Or Hashem in and of himself feels like he belongs with us. And so if his being ain't so prevents that, then that's to some sense unauthentic. And it taking on a form, a physical form that we can interact with, is being more authentic. In that case, its descent is like the descent of water. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, that is that idea intuitive at all? No. No. It only works if you really take the analogy seriously, and you also happen to know the way in which the Altar Rebbe thinks about water, right? The water's not being pulled down by a mystical force. The water... I so get
1: it. Is this how people were against him?
2: Right now I it, yeah. So,
0: yeah. it's freaky okay good yeah. okay there's another aspect to this analogy of water though okay so number one right just like the water Descends below because it belongs below to Torah so to the Ain descends into the physical form of the Torah that we know because the Ain belongs there because that's the true Thing that really matters to us. Okay second thing uh, If, if the, the sunlight also shines right so if water goes down and sunlight shines right? But there's a difference. If the sunlight shines, does the sun go dark because the sunlight shines? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the, the sun shines light on earth and so now the sun has to go dark. No. But if the water is down here, where is it no longer?
1: In its place.
0: But where it was. Right? It was, yeah. Right. No, it's the water is the kind of thing that it's flowing towards it's it's going down towards the earth, requires it to no longer be where it originally was. For instance, I'm teaching you. So if we say that I'm the up and you're the down, right, in the classic teacher-student you know, hierarchy kind of thing. Even if we were to say that my mind naturally really is drawn of its own to want to teach you, right? So it has that water-like element. Does my, the more you learn, the more ignorant I become? Is that how that works, right? So in that sense, it's not like water at all.
1: Right. But are you not in two places right now? Yes.
0: Right, so it's like my, my, my knowledge is in my mind and then my knowledge also goes to you and it may even be that it's not have to force that. It. it may be that the opposite. I might have to hold myself back because I want to teach you so much and I can't, I can't handle so much. I have to you know, focus on one thing at a time, whatever the case may be. But the Torah is not like that. The Torah really is. If the Torah comes down, it's no longer above. There's a verse, the Torah lo So for instance, If um, there is a dispute amongst the rabbis and God proclaims with a heavenly voice which opinion we should follow, what do we do? Do we listen to the heavenly voice? No. 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 Why not? Well, let's put the context here because the Torah's descent is like water. If the Torah's descent is like water, once water is below, it's no longer above. It's no
1: longer above or it's...
0: It's no longer above. Ah, so we have to understand that the, that there is an element of the Torah which right. is right. In other words, there's some. In other words, there's something about the Torah which, once it comes down here, it is no longer above. Now, what does that mean? So let's use an analogy. Okay. Um, recently, the president of the United States um, became the president of the United States. Right? That happened recently? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense that the president of the United States became the president of the United States? That sounds a little bit weird, right? right. Like no. he, how did he become the How did he become the president of the United States?
2: Principal recently became principal. Remember,
1: like the dean of the school.
0: Right. There, but there's something weird about that. Why? Because if they became that, then what were they before?
2: Not
0: that. They weren't that, right? Yeah. Okay. They weren't that. Right. So, you really think like, like this person, right? In this case, happens to be, his name is Joe Biden, became president of the United States, right? So, you can say the president of the United States became president of the United States, but but it, it's grammatically correct, everyone knows what you mean. But he wasn't like he was the president of the United States and then underwent the process of becoming the president of the United States. That doesn't make any sense, right? We're calling him president of the United States because he's now become that, but the process moved from one to the other. So, what really happens there? Okay. So, the. There's the thing, and I'm just gonna use this as an analogy. There's this thing called the Constitution of the United States of America, you've heard of it, yes? Yeah. Okay. And that constitution um, outlines the powers of government. Okay. And there are powers that are invested into the president. Okay. If Joe Biden has those powers, Donald Trump, by definition, doesn't. doesn't, right? Can you have two people with those powers? No. No. Right? Not
1: unless they're
0: co With The Constitution does not have co-presidency, yeah. right? Right. And, right? And the Constitution, by the way, it does have branches of government where there's more than one person, right? But the more than one person, uh, that those people, for instance, in, in, in the Congress, right? The Congress has power, but the, Congress and the individual Congress people don't have those powers, right? There has to be a system for turning the individual people into the entity of Congress, and then Congress voting, and then the Congress has that power, right? Okay, right, so there's this notion of government powers, and the thing is, and, and logically speaking, by definition, if one branch of government has a power, then it doesn't exist in? The other branch of power, right? And if that power is invested in one person, then by definition, someone else doesn't have that power, right? It can't work otherwise. Make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what is it that we have that no longer exists above? There's a power. What's that power? Well,
1: they can't do it.
0: What? We could do it. Like, mm-hmm. I can put all still in. They can't. Well, you. Do it. No, but the Alpha Care, they never could, right? So that's not a good analogy um, of water. Um, or a physical law. to rule. Make all, right? Who determines what is and isn't Torah? What isn't and isn't permitted? Is it heaven or is it people on earth? So that the power. What? Hashem. It was Hashem until when? Well, he until he gave us the Torah. And then, since then? That's right. Has been? In? Mm-hmm. Can
1: agree? Okay. But, but they've been given, like, some, no. but it's all turbanical, so not
0: biblical. No, that's not true. No, no. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, some, okay. of the some
2: of it's turbanical, some of
0: it's biblical. But even the biblical stuff. For instance, here's a good one. Yeah? Here's a good one.
2: Then why
0: would we say biblical? Here's a good right. one. Okay. Do, that's an interesting question, but but the, the facts are nonetheless the facts. So um, eating Matzah on Pesach is a Biblical requirement, yes? Yes,
2: yeah.
0: Okay. I don't know. You don't know? No,
1: I do know, but I don't know. Like, I, what do you mean the
0: word? It, is a, it is a... I'm
1: still on the Rabbi's
0: day. Well, I'm right. going to get to the Rabbi's okay. There are 613 Biblical commandments. Eating Matzah is one of them. Yeah. Eating Matzah the first night of Pesach, okay? Mm-hmm. When is the first night of Pesach? In a, few a few weeks. Really? Who decided? You're right. It is in a few weeks. It's in five weeks. Who decided? The rabbis. Well, it will yeah,
1: maybe the calendar.
0: The rabbis. Didn't yeah. It,
1: like, the rabbis. Yeah, but the basis of all the the
2: the laws are from
0: Hashem. If the rabbis say that five weeks from now is Rosh Chol, is Pesach, right? Yeah. And God says, no, it's uh, nine weeks from now. Who wins? The rabbis. The rabbis. Wait, would
2: he win?
0: Yeah. If a heavenly voice comes he out says a, not
2: come and tell Oh, us but he did. But he
0: did. There's a famous story in the Gemara where he did that about whether a certain oven was cons- able to contract tumor or not. And, and um, Rabbi Eleazar was convinced that he was right. And at one point he says, if I'm right, let a heavenly voice proclaim that I'm right. And the heavenly voice proclaimed, Why are you arguing with Rabbi Eleazar? He's always right. He knows the halacha. And Rabbi Yeshua stood up and said, The Torah is not in heaven. Recant, Rabbi Eleazar, because we have decided, and we're the majority, and we have the power. You don't have the power. And if you don't recant, we're excommunicating you. And he didn't recant, and he was excommunicated, and that's the end of the story.
1: Not for my shed. What? Well, no, Rabbi Eliezer
0: didn't recant but they completely ignored what Hashem said We're like, we don't care we don't care what Hashem says it doesn't matter Torah is not in heaven Torah belongs down here we decide Hashem doesn't decide so and then Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi asked Eliyahu anavi, what would Hashem do after that and, Hashem, and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Eliyahu tells Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi oh Hashem laughed and said my children beat me because um, mm-hmm. you know if, if the former president of the United States calls up the current president of the United States and tells him what to do, the current president of the United States is allowed to say, well, it's very nice that you used to have the power of the presidency, but you don't, so I don't have to listen to you goodbye and hang up the phone, right? And so, that's the rules, that's what the Constitution says. So, in, in a similar, although not identical, way, the Torah is compared to water, so the 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 divine authority of the Torah is vested in the heavenly realms or vested in physical. the rabbinic establishment of the physical earth. Which, by the way, leads to some very weird things. Can departed souls make halachic rulings? No. no. Because the Torah, physical. they might understand the Torah much better, but they don't have the authority. Because the Torah is like water. Once it comes here, it's not up there. Yeah. Um, what is the punishment for adultery in Torah law? Okay, what determines adultery? Violation of, of marriage, right? What makes someone married?
2: Ksuba.
0: No, Ksuba doesn't make them married.
2: Two people?
0: Two witnesses have to witness what? Chapa. They have to witness the man giving the woman an object of, valuable, an object of value. Right, we use a ring, that's the tradition, but any object of value. How valuable does it have to be? A pruta? Re- Basil says a pruta. a
2: pruta,
0: I will tell you in a moment, and Basil says a dinar. A pruta was the smallest coin in circulation in, in ancient times. It's linked to the price of silver, it's one-eighth of an Italian isar, which is something, 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 I don't know. A pruta in modern pruta value is probably somewhere between 5 and 15 cents, depending on the price of silver. Shamai says that the man, that the man needs to give the woman is how much? A dinar. How much is a dinar? I'm just throwing out a number now, because I don't remember the conversion rates. But let's just say it's like $3. So now, this is weird, but let's say Ruvain gives Leia $2 and says, behold, you are sanctified as my wife. And then she goes and commits adultery. And she's brought to the bastein and they're going to execute her. And she says, but I'm not married because I only got $2 and it needs $3. And now the base has to decide, do we follow Beis Hillel or Beis Shammai? And that, now, that's like a weird thing to me. Like her life and death determines on whether the authority to determine her marital status biblically is, you know, with Beis Shammai or with Beis Hillel. Right, but that's, That did that happen that. That that
1: people decide like, oh, we're actually following Shammai?
0: No, you can't. No, the no, oh, okay. no. But but we do have these things. We do really okay. still have these issues. Not okay. based on because that's already been settled. Yeah, the authorities. Yeah, yeah. It's very uncomfortable for people. So... People would just wish that God would just like you know, you know. It all makes sense,
1: though. Like we can't. Like God's not like actually physically speaking to us. So we need to take the Torah and we need to like do what we can to connect to God.
0: But but, but we, if I want to give you an analogy that's a little bit deeper than that, um, I make decisions for my children. What happens over time is that the authority to make decisions in their life goes from who? From me to them. right? Mm-hmm. And if they really have that authority, um, then I have to respect that, right? right. OK? Now, is me giving them that authority, me becoming closer to them or further from them? Think about that. Closer, right? Yeah. right? Right, right. Marriages break apart because people don't actually give their spouse authority over them. I don't mean authority to boss you around like a little child, right? But like, I don't know. If your spouse decides, you know, I'm going to plan vacation, you're like, okay, you plan the vacation, and I'll go and enjoy it, right? That requires a tremendous amount of trust, right? right? So when Hashem gives us the Torah, it's not just we're given, we're given uh, uh, the, there's an aspect of being Hashem, which has this, 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 this authority to it, that is really being given to us, and He doesn't hold on to it anymore. So we really have Him in a way that He doesn't even have Himself anymore. So there's these two respects in which the Torah is like water that are both counterintuitive. Number one, that the, that the godliness, the Ein Sof belongs with us, Right? And number two, that our having it has this quality of ownership that it's ours and it no longer right, we can't be bossed around anymore, right? So like what happens if this what happens if the rabbis rule something? That becomes the thing, right? And this says like the, the angels go ask Hashem, like when is Rosh Chodesh, When is Pesach and oh, gosh? Like, I don't know, that's the rabbis. It's up to them to decide, not to me. I don't have that power anymore. Make sense? Okay, so the, the, the analogy of water is heightening our sense of how much the Torah actually comes down and really belongs with us. Okay, that was the first thing, right? What was the, we had four ideas that needed explaining. Um, the second one, uh, what was the second idea? All right, there's actually one that we skip, but I'll do the compromising all the commandments because... Um, we only have 15 minutes left, and I think this one is a little bit easier. Okay. So if we look at the text, it says that the Torah descends stage after stage with the descent of the world until it clothes itself in corporeal substances in the things of this world, comprising almost all the laws of the Torah. Okay? Um, the actual Hebrew is Reiv ha'v mitzvah satareh Kikula. Which means the majority of the mitzvahs, the point that can be viewed as all of the mitzvahs. So we have to understand it like this. Mitzvahs are physical. Now, what does that mean that mitzvahs are physical? So let's pick a mitzvah. Pick a mitzvah, your favorite mitzvah, any mitzvah. What? Eating matzah. So if you open... A work of Hasidus and it talks about eating matzah. What does it talk about? I mean, fine. It says eating. Like, matzah. What, do mean, like, what does it talk about? You have a you have a Hasidic discourse in Myanmar that's going to talk about eating matzah. What are you going to? Represent. Matzah represents, right? You always get the right. And now you have a discussion about your soul and about your psyche and about spirituality. So, and you finish the mind, you are like, wow, matzah is this amazing mitzvah. It's like internalizing faith and it's trust and it's humility and blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, wait a minute. That's like nice symbolism. But like, I mean, matzah really is just eating like this hard cracker, right? Right. So there's like this disconnect here, right? Right. And you do this with every mitzvah, right? All All of them. Give me a mitzvah where you can't do that with. Where you don't have that dichotomy.
2: Davening,
0: davening right? Davening is that. It's not, like, it's not like if you learn about davening and at the end of the it's like, wait a minute. What does that actually have to do with the actual mitzvah davening? Because davening is what? What is davening? Davening is? Praising and asking, right? It's it's right? It's pouring your heart out to God, right? It's a vayda believe. It's serving God within your heart and within your soul, right? Okay, Loving God. Right? It's not like you learn about loving God, like, wait a minute, what does that have to do with the actual mitzvah? Knowing God, fearing God, right? Are there some mitzvahs where that dichotomy doesn't exist? What? That dichotomy. Where learning about what the mitzvah is all about doesn't have this detachment from the actual mitzvah? Right? You can learn all these amazing things about Lulav and Esra, and at the end of the day, Lulav and esrog just means pick up these four species and wave them around. That's all it is. Right? So, most, if most to the point that it's almost all mitzvahs, have this sense that there's like the actual thing that you do, and then there's this thing, and you use this word which really does get at how he experiences it, what it supposedly represents. And then there's a very small minority of mitzvahs where that isn't that way, right? Where the actual mitzvah. And the way it's done is one of the, it's one and the same thing, but those mitzvahs tend to be more what, the, what are known as lavavis, duties of the heart, right? The more emotional, psychological mitzvahs. But that's a minority of the mitzvahs. Right? You start counting the six hundred and thirty mitzvahs, very few of them are like that. Right? I mean, there's tons of mitzvahs that have just to do with like how you offer sacrifices in the temple. And we can talk about what that means and represents from today to tomorrow, but it's still ultimately the mitzvah is done by like, you know, taking sheep and cows and doing stuff to them and their body
2: parts.
0: (laughs) Well, killing them and then doing stuff to the body parts afterwards, right? Okay. So, so what is it? Is it that the mitzvah is this beautiful thing that we learn about unity of Hashem and love and trust and faith and blah blah blah, and then there's this physical action which represents it, or is the physical action itself the connection to Hashem? Right? And so the mitzvah is actually clothed into corporeal substances in things of this world, right? In a way that's true of almost all mitzvahs, but not all mitzvahs, right? Right? It's not really true of love or prayer, that it really clothes itself in, in some physical thing, right? At the end of the day, the mitzvah of davening isn't a physical thing. So does
1: that show a lacking on davening and on the mitzvah that it's not?
0: Right, in other words, it has has davening descended to the same degree that Lulav has? No. no.
1: Which still so doesn't feel the same. So why do, like, we have people in the past that have so much time davening? It's, it's like you may as well instead of davening, and for an hour and then go to us.
0: Do you know who asked that question? Dalter Ebbe. Well, that's ironic. Yes. The Al asks. So if Daphne hasn't descended all
2: the way from Spiritual, then you don't have to do it
0: He said the yeah. <laughs> That's true. The Alderabba says like this. This is in chapter thirty-eight. He says If one has uttered them with his lips, but is not intended with his heart, he has fulfilled his obligation. The reason is that the soul needs no mending by means of the mitzvahs. And therefore, with the act of commandments, it's sufficient to them with the bodily organs. And then he says, nevertheless, it has been said that prayer without kavanah is like a body without a soul. And so this idea of nonetheless you need to bring a soul to the mitzvah, and then he goes on to explain why you would need to do that. There's this issue that after that, the altar spends a lot of time explaining this idea of mitzvahs and descent of mitzvahs, and ultimately that you have to do, that question becomes a genuine question. Okay. Um, and from a historical perspective, this is actually one of the differences between the Rebbe's version of Chassidus and other versions of Hasidis. There is a famous Hasidic teaching. Which is that the preparation for a mitzvah is greater than the mitzvah? You heard this idea before. Yes. What does it mean? Yeah. What?
1: Like, what's the point of
2: doing a mitzvah if
0: you're going to do it like a Well, there is a point to that. Don't, don't 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 try and like make it all like nice and fluffy. What does it mean? We
2: just
1: talked about this. I that that's the thought of the mitzvah.
0: like how you do it. Why do it? That's right. It's the um, right. Let's go back to matzah. It's like learning about matzah. And wanting to connect to Hashem and grow in your sense of humility and faith and trust in Hashem and your anticipation to be closer to Hashem right? that's obviously much more important than just like eating crackers what it yes yeah. that's what the idea that's what that means yeah, yeah. yeah okay um, and the the, the the Al Rebbe's point, right, the Al Rebbe's view is that that's just not true. So much so that he asked, if you really knew what the mitzvah was, you could ask, who needs the preparation stuff at all? <laughs> just eat the cracker. And he has an answer, I'm not giving you the answer. But my point is that the, the, the fact that that's the question shows you're understanding the idea correctly. In that's in chapter 38. Okay. So yeah. that. The mitzvahs, right, in other words, this, this actually, this answers our third thing, right? We said that 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 the, the Torah descends to the level of thought, and not even thought, but even speech and action, which are lower than thought, right? And so, when mitzvahs don't descend to speech and action, but they retain, they remain in the level of thought, have they really become part of, have they really become clothed in physical substances? No. No, right? So most of the mitzvahs, in order to do the mitzvah, you need to actually do a physical action or like move your lips and actually audibly say words, right? There are a few mitzvahs where the mitzvah actually. And it
2: still counts though so if you don't think.
0: About it. Right. There are a few mitzvahs where the essence of the mitzvah really is the thought process, and the thought process really not becomes doesn't really become part of the physical world, right? But
1: does it count
0: more? So that is a question, and we're not going to answer it right now.
1: Okay.
0: One, okay, one. Okay, so the so the idea is, does Hashem want us just to be able to grasp Him mentally, or He actually wants to be able to grasp Him in physical, in the, in a literal physical way? And the answer is a physical way. So that the 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 mitzvah of matzah does not stay on the level of faith and trust; it actually becomes the eating of crackers. Right, and the mitzvah of lulav is not just you know, notions of unity and harmony, but it's actually holding and waving of plants. It actually descends all the way to the fact that even a small child right, can, can, can have that connection just by doing something, right? They go back to the idea of the water, right, that it really belongs with us and in, in our physicality. Okay. The one thing we didn't talk about was the descending through hidden stages, whatever that means, which we'll talk about next time.
2: If
1: the audience is, if come the
0: know if the we're doing, it's real. Do you want to know the answer to that question?
2: don't.
0: No. no, no, do you want to know the, you want to, know, okay. okay. So I'm going to tell you a story, and then you're going to tell me the answer. Okay. okay there was a convert who came to Hillel and said, I want to learn the Torah. But don't give me any of this oral rabbi stuff. I just want straight straight word of God. And so Hillel said, fine. God gave the Torah in Hebrew, so we have to learn Hebrew first. He's like, okay. First lesson. Hillel says this is called an olive. This is called a base." Got it. However says yes. Okay. Okay. Review. Tomorrow we'll have our second lesson. So it comes back the next day. And Bill says, okay, so first we need to review. We learned yesterday. So this is an olive. This is a base. Right? Olive base. And the says, no 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 no. The second letter you wrote is the aleph. The first letter is the base. And Hill says, no, you're mistaken. The first letter is the aleph, and the second letter is the base. And they got into an argument. And he says, well, "But yesterday, you said, haha. So you're so sure that this is an aleph because yesterday I told you. So even knowing what the letters are called depends on what? Hill says. The so you So want, you want tar without oral tradition? And now what's the what's the answer to your question? Because I didn't actually tell you the answer, I just told you a story. What's the answer to your question?
2: I don't
0: know. Yes, how do we know? We don't know. That's not the right answer. Know, that, that 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 that's a, that's a silly answer. It's not a real answer. We don't know. That's crazy. Well, we already
1: know because.
0: That's good. We're making progress in religious development. I'm happy.
2: I don't know, if I'm confused now. Somebody else can
0: How do you know? What was your question? The, an- the, here, the answer is like this. The answer is like this. You're, you're you're using you're using the word knowing to mean many different things altogether. Okay. How can, how can I know, can mean, how can I be certain? How can I have a sense of certainty, a sense of conviction that it's right? That's one question, right? The other question is, right? How can I become omniscient so that it is impossible that I ever make a mistake? Right, those are not the same question, right? So what's the answer? Is it possible for anybody to be omniscient about anything? Or, or we can only ever, I, and so to know something in a way of having confidence means to have, develop some ability to be discerning about trusting, right? But to throw up your hands saying, I don't know if i gonna go with it, that that doesn't work, right? That's, that's weak. Ah, and so the real question is, how does one learn to develop trust? And how does one learn to develop a trust that's genuine, that's judicious? And what's what Hill was telling us person? Like, I'm not telling you, you have to buy into what I'm saying. But don't think that I can teach you without you trusting me. So you're gonna have to make decisions about what you want to do with that. Right? And that's true when you get married, and it's true about everything in life, isn't it? Right? It's not that you so if we mean knowing a sense of internal conviction, right? And in, right, and trust, right? That that had, goes together with also an awareness of your own your own ignorance and awareness of the humility to realize that you're you're a limited person, right? are so always gonna
2: trust in God, but we also know
0: it's a gamble. But... No, see, when you make it, it's a gamble. No, that's the thing is, it's not a gamble. It's not a gamble, because a gamble is that maybe I'm right, and if I'm right, I won. And if I'm wrong, I lost. You want to hear a radical story? Yeah. There was a rabbi who, um, this, is, this is a true story. Turn this off because I don't want this to go forward. This is like a really radical story.
2: <laughs> Uh-oh.